All right, Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have the return of the great John Leon, guitarist extraordinaire, who has recently been using his guitar skills in his latest project, the Royal Arctic Institute. We talked to John about a year ago about uh, their first album, From Catnip to Coma, and now the sequel is out, From Coma to Catharsis. I love talking to John. He's such a cool guy. Um, Anywho, we're going to listen to uh, a track off the new record, this is a K-style circuit.
Coma to Catharsis, the Royal Arctic Institute. The track was K-Style Circuit. Beautiful stuff, great guitar work, excellent orchestration. Definitely recommend you guys go hear the rest of this record. It's available now on all streaming platforms. Keep an eye out. The Royal Arctic Institute is hitting the road in February. Um, go to the medias, the Royal Arctic Institute medias for the dates. And um, before we get into it, if you can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on one of the podcast platforms, it helps me keep talking to amazing guests like John and sharing their insights with you. So without further ado, here's my chat with John Leon. Dave, hi. Hey, man. Good to hear from you. Oh, my God. It's so good to hear your voice. How's it going? Oh, not bad. Not bad. <clears throat> Just uh, wrapping up the end of the year over here, and it's been crazy. I'm sure it's been crazy for you, my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's been crazy. But, uh, yeah. But yeah. Are we, rec- are we recording? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it's funny because i was just sitting here listening to diys and open mics ah, thanks man Appreciate it's so good that, it's that, so good yeah oh man that means a lot coming from you that means a lot coming from you, my friend. <laughs> thank you, thank you. so last time you and i spoke that, this is sort of a warning to you and to your listeners um Last time you and I spoke, I had Corona or yeah, COVID. Right, I was right. sick. Well, this time I have a raging sinus <laughs> infection, so <laughs> I'm going to try to keep all of my snorts and coughs at a minimum. <laughs> well, appreciated, but man, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I did, uh, it's all right. <clears throat> it, didn't, it didn't hit like I think everyone at this time has got that kind of like uh, that sinus thing or that that nasal drip, you know. <laughs> It is. It's, and you know what I think it is. I think that it's an unconscious manifestation of all of the stress of a year, sort of draining out at the end of December. That's. I think that's probably the coolest like explanation for that. <laughs> I really believe that. Yeah. You know. I mean, our emotional state and our physical state are just so intertwined, and I think that. You know, we all work so hard now that by the end of the year, we have all this accumulated stuff and we get sick. Yeah. Well, and and like, I don't, that that's, that's like, like, I don't know, that that makes it so much more uh, appreciative that, (laughs) you know what I mean? That like, let it out in a way. (laughs) Like, uh, (laughs) uh, I can either go out in the middle of the road and just start screaming or I can have a sinus infection. <laughs> One seems a little bit more tame. One seems like I can handle it a little better. <laughs> so how have you been? How how has your year been? It's been it's pro- it's been about the same. It's been pretty pretty nonstop. Like so, it's been a lot of that and the just you know a lot of gigging and a lot of um of tracking the same stuff you're doing. Yeah, same stuff. <laughs> You know, you and I are so lucky. I agree. I agree. We really are. You know, to get to do what we love at this capacity, at this stage in life is just golden. And just even know what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just even know what the thing is you want to do. To be able to be like, I can grind my head against the wall about trying to figure out if this harmony track's right. (laughs) Like, it's better than doing that to figure out what I want to do with my life. (laughs) Precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
was it did you have did that did that come clear to you? Was music clear like that? Like this is what I'm gonna do, or was it like a in or was it a nasal drip? <laughs> like did it slowly become the uh, the oh, obsession? Oh no, 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 yeah. man. I mean, I, from from the moment I saw MTV for the first time, yeah, I think, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sitting there watching when it aired that first night. You know, when they uh, they aired with Video Killed the Radio Star. Right. When that was the very first video MTV ever played. I, I mean, I, I I wasn't there. I was like, I was eight. Yeah. But around that time, my aunt and uncle got cable, and my my cousins were a bit older than me. And I mean, I just remember any time I would go over there, we would just sit and watch MTV. And I knew. I mean, I I, I don't know that I knew consciously at that time but i knew that that was that was uh the sort of indicator to me that was the first time i realized that there was a there out there and all i knew is that i wanted to be there (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was it was certainly um and there were some instances along the way where it was kind of like getting hit in the chest by a train that 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 were reminders of you know this is what I want to do but yeah I think I don't, there was never really a question for me yeah what about you was it, it the same way for you yeah it was kind of it was kind of the same it was like I got the nasal thing too so we're both going to be a, a same. <laughs> we're both letting out all the stress um <laughs> but um yeah it was kind of like I don't know, like, it, it became from tinkering with the guitar, you know, and like just trying to figure it out, and, like, learning I could figure something out, and had a way to, like, say a thing, and I was like, mm-hmm. how, how do I keep doing mm-hmm. this? It became, like, a, a solving the puzzle, or playing that, playing that game in a way, where it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a, like, let's learn this piece, or a serious thing, but it was just, like, little, little nuggets, and, like, seeing how you can put those together, and, like, as far as, like, I grew up, but like my family just had blues around the house all the time, so that was that was easy to apply those those puzzle pieces, you know. Oh uh, uh, yeah. But like, I try. To, I don't even like with like with video. Like after like learning some nuggets, that's when like the video aspect for me really to kind of build off what you're uh, build off like the MTV aspect. Like after mm-hmm. understanding a little bit of it, like oh that's really cool, and like trying to get the bigger picture of how they're like expressing this this tune that they're playing in like a double dimension you know what i mean like now you're getting a visual and a sonic so it's like oh yeah 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 and like you know what i mean like i don't know it's interesting because you can see like either it's the personality of the people like it's a foo fighters bit where it's just super silly you know what i mean and it's just like a goofy like look at this thing we're doing or like you get like a fully encompassed like piece and like uh I'm trying to think of a good example that really st- like pearl jam had a bunch when I first started watching like music videos, like Jeremy was like, "Whoa, this is a deep song." Mm. You know what I mean? Like maybe. Uh, I remember thought, that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to be rude, but how old are you? I'm thirty. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So, so I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit older than you, and so I would imagine that when. When Pearl Jam kind of hit, you were, I don't know, how old were you? You I were was, 
I was younger. It wasn't like I was. Uh, this would be going back to it a little bit, you know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think I think they they kind of they were part of the what what a lot of people refer to as the revolution of ninety one. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. uh, when when Nirvana broke and all of a sudden everything changed, you know, I would imagine. I think I was probably. I don't know, 17 when that happened. And I, so if my calculations are correct, you might have been around the same age then that I was when MTV kind of started. Right. Yeah. Okay. That was, yeah. That would line. <laughs> so if I'm correct in that, you were in that age where like we were like a sponge. And everything we experienced, we just soaked up. It was like that for me, you know, when in 1983, when Billy Idol was on MTV and right. stuff. It's funny how at certain age, at certain ages, whatever we experience really become imprinted on us. Right. right. And I, I think, you know, that age between, say, like eight and 15. It's kind of a wide window, but whatever happens to us in that, man, that stuff, we 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 can't shake that for the rest of our lives. Right, right, and it's incredible. Yeah, and it's I mean, like, uh, like body wise, it makes sense. You're you're going through a lot of changes, so you're grasping on something that isn't changing, or you know, or that yeah, yeah, guide you through those changes in a way, and like especially like, it, it just the that's kind of like when you go to a nostalgic place in a way it's like whatever hit you in those years seems to like precisely really, really resonate like and i think music taste is interesting because like when you play music you you grasp on the things that like most people don't care about you know what i mean you're like uh, like felonious monk is so cool and everyone else in the world is like <laughs> sure um like, <laughs> Well, whatever whatever we're listening to when we're in the throes of puberty, that we can't ever get rid of that. Right, that's right. with us forever. You know, yeah, um, <laughs> we can't. Yeah. It's just who we are at this at that stage. So yeah, I guess Nirvana and uh, uh, Pearl Jam and all of those things. Maybe that was that was for you. I guess that was kind of the time that you, yeah. Yeah, around that and like, uh, so it's like those like later 90s things are really like, well, and also like it was, for me it was kind of like understanding like what they were doing a little bit with the guitar and like really appreciating like how they're doing, like how uniquely them it is and then like already kind of having that that itch of wanting to put together those puzzle pieces. Like, oh, I want to write my own song. Mm-hmm. How do I make one sound like, yeah. like how are they doing, you know? And like, but like, and so for me, I guess the big thing is like seeing that it was fun to put together these puzzle pieces and say a thing, you know? And well, like, that's a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. And, and, and then oh, yeah. everything else like became like a way to like observe how they did that. And like, I think at that age, I'm like, I, I had a really weird, like, if I can do one thing right. I can I can stick with something harder, you know. Had a weird baby mm. step approach for like if I can learn the intro to this tune, maybe I can learn the rest of it. But like 
I think songwriting wise, so I gr- I grasped on the stuff that I thought was like you really unique, but kind of achievable. Mm-hmm. Like Kurt Cobain's chords aren't hard to play. <laughs> Kurt, the, write a song like him no. very hard to do, but I could play I could play Teen Spirit. <laughs> like, I was having a conversation with someone about this very recently yeah. about um, the night that Smells Like Teen Spirit aired on MTV's 120 Minutes when it aired for the very first time. Um, it was 1991. And I, I used to record 120 Minutes every Sunday yeah. night. That was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I would stay up. And that was, you know, I had a, I had a, my VCR. And, <laughs> and so every Sunday night I would record it. And that Sunday night, I, I've talked to other people who have had this same experience. Um, when they aired that video for the very first time, you know, I was all alone in front of the television. And however long that song is, like let's say it's three minutes or whatever, within that three minutes, you knew everything just changed everything and i'm not the only person that i know who felt that way like sitting there alone watching that air you just knew it was kind of like how my parents described seeing the beatles on ed sullivan so think about it like in that moment hair metal was obliterated Right. All of all of the sort of 1980s stuff that had been leading up to it was now, I mean, no, I'll go ahead and say it. It was it was made irrelevant almost. And it ushered in like just everything changed within that three minutes. I remember, you know, the next day. Every like half hour or so, MTV would play that again (laughs) over and over it changed everything. Yeah, yeah. That's what, that was that was incredible. Is it like that? What was it? so that the aside from the like the knowing everything it is different after this moment, you know, like <laughs> the witnessing something kind of so profound in a way, like or like something that kind of just stops everything. There's like that weird that weird what is what is this what what like i don't know what that feeling is that weird when you observe this thing that's so impactful that you can't unpack it to like a third or second take you know what i mean like or like dave i don't know i don't know what it is but i know that you and i are talking about it right now yeah literally literally i have goosebumps talking about it <laughs> Same. It's so Isn't that crazy? It is. But that's that, it still has that impact. You know, here we are 30 some odd years later. It's still like my the hair on my arms is standing on end right now thinking about that moment. And like the, say, the experience it later, you know, I think there's something so potent about certain pieces of art and certain expressions that they withstand time. Like I even now still have kids that come up and like, do you know this guy? And like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I've heard of Nirvana. <laughs> or, yeah, I've heard of Green Day. That's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Me too. It's so awesome. Uh, what's really funny, now, this is what's interesting. Um, you know, the drummer and bassist in the Royal Electric Institute, 
back in the 80s and early 90s, they they were part of this great band called Das Damen. And Das Damen was on tour with Nirvana, oh, no opening yeah. opening for them every night when when they broke. So that just had to be crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was. You know, they were. I think I think for part of that tour, um, they told me that Kurt Cobain was riding in their van with them for some reason, as opposed to staying in the van with Nirvana. I don't know. I, I need to sit down and talk to them about that a little bit more. But I know that they were on tour with them when all of that happened. That, 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 and they, they saw it. You know, they saw it firsthand. Like, all of a sudden, everything just exploded. It was crazy. Yeah. That would be really interesting to go from, like, the, the, uh, the uh, expected shows. Like, oh, we're playing with a, a band. They're doing well. We're going to do okay. <laughs> To be in chum <laughs> for the for the sharks that are coming out for now this massive oh my wave God. of like <laughs> holy shit yeah I think they broke up soon after that that'd be a tough like, yeah I, I mean tough thing to like understand like yeah yeah like, yeah I mean even for even for Nirvana like there's countless like takes on like how crazy that was and you see that through the songwriting later but. But that's that's fascinating. Like, um, I think maybe that that explains like why they're so like why they're so tight and tame musically. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a, there's a tightness, there's a professionalism that's witnessed the monster within your guys' music. <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> that's why they they were they were uh, they were in the cage with the lions and they escaped. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's wild. that's what but you know it's it going all back to it having like that thing being willing to get in this van with this band that you apparently blows up or like and still doing it you know i think most people would say like i was on nirvana's like <laughs> when teen spirit tour and can cap it with that you know so it's incredible that not only like to have the will yourself but to be around people that have that same drive yeah, I mean, and I'm not going to put words in Lyle and Dave's mouths, but I, mean, I think we all agree that we're just kind of having the time of our lives right now. It's great. What we're doing now is great because there's no, I don't really know any other way to say it other than we're at a point in our lives where we don't have to care if anyone likes what we're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which is really freeing, and subsequently, people seem to like it <laughs> because we're not—you know—we're not constantly trying to second guess. You know, what have we got to do on this next record to make it successful? What have we, you know, what have we got to do that's going to make it so that someone's going to want to, you know, invite us to play this show and it, all of that stuff that all of us worried about for so long for so many years doing it that's just not part of the equation anymore and it frees it up to be so joyful we have such a fun time together and that's people pick up on fun you know and like it's it's weird it's it's weird because it start usually starts off like that you know you start off not being critical and just be like 
we're in it to do it. And then there, there's like a point within in that starting wave where you're like, well, how do we keep doing this? You know, and that's when that second guess uh-huh. like seeps in. Yeah, especially when you're depending on it to pay rent. Oh, yeah, that's a whole nother. That's, that's the part where, yeah. you know, your success <laughs> it doesn't matter how good you are. Your success depends on so many factors that are just completely out of your control. And that's really frightening. And you end up second guessing every aspect of it. You know, it's, 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 and, you know, I don't know if you've had this experience, but for me, that got to the point where I was like, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, this is, this is not, this is not what I signed up for. Was it, what, what kind of the, the jump from A and B, what was, was that point like multiple bands? What, what was that looking like? At that time? Yeah. Um, well, I had my main band at the time was called the Summer Wardrobe. Yeah. And we were, you know, we were an Austin group. We were together about eight years. And we we worked really hard. Um, and we put out a few records on two different labels. And all of us were playing in other projects at the time as well, you know, to for money or because we enjoyed the other projects we were in. But that was sort of our main thing. And we worked really hard. And uh, they're just kind of – you just – as you often do, it just kind of hit a wall where I, I think I was in my mid thirties and I just got really tired of being poor. <laughs> 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 and, and like I got really tired of just sort of the grind yeah. and that's kind of what did it for me. That's, that's when I decided to leave music as a career path and when i did that it was like all of a sudden all of the reasons that i loved playing music were just right there again yeah because all of a sudden i didn't have to worry about oh god am i going to get this gig and uh and if I do, am I going to be able to keep it? And, and, you know, all of those things that come along with having to pay bills or, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, 110%. Like when you're playing a bar, that you're playing for a random collect group of people that comes in, like, or sorry, a random select group of people that happen to walk in. And, like, you don't know what they like. You know what I mean? Like there's no way oh, yeah. you can uh, be – equipped for every person and like when it's a four hour set and all you're doing is trying to appease people that are like they're the talk you know oh god yeah 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 it's incredible incredibly like taxing mentally and like just worry about did the owner like it did they see people enjoyed it or you know and like nine like with the with that type of gig you know there's like people that, then that's like a select I'm trying to go on the one I know everyone has to do that pays right the bar gig like and that's uh-huh. like that's a crab shoot and like bars are a tough business already so it's like 
you're depending on someone else who's depending on <laughs> and it's all on the thing no one can depend on which is people who are always different and like, yes absolutely that i mean and before we go any further with this i have to say i would absolutely hate to have not had those experiences in my oh, life yeah those sure. are some of my best memories uh whatever we do shapes us into who we are now blah 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 so those are, those <laughs> are still some of those are still some of my dearest friends um but i mean that band in particular we had a few uh southwest tours we did that were just brutal oh god you know, they were they were one night we were scheduled to play uh at the, on this one part we were playing in el paso and i man i'll never forget this <laughs> drive up to the to the place where we're playing and we pull into the parking lot we get out of the van and the four of us walked into the venue and we just nobody said a word yeah we looked around and on cue all four of us just turned around and walked out to the van and left <laughs> we we didn't even say a word to one another it was like oh, yeah man. we're not doing this <laughs> But oh my God, we had fun, you know, despite yeah. it, despite the struggle, despite working really hard to try to find that sort of commercial success, we still had. Well, for sure. There's nothing like it's, it's funny. Cause like touring is like one of the hardest things and you not, never really the most successful thing for, for a long time, at least for people, you know what I mean? Like, uh. Oh, touring's yeah. just touring's a, a deficit financially for sure but it's like the thing everyone has this aching to do <laughs> you know what i mean you want to hit the road with stuff you want to go play this in somewhere else and because and i think part of that is is like when you're playing somewhere and the crowd has no any no debt to you in any way they don't care that you're there but you hear everyone get quiet and listen for a second like that will keep you going for another like ten shitty shows. Like, it's beautiful, isn't it? It is. There are those. There are those instances where you um you go somewhere to play, no one knows who you are, and there's a crowd there, and on those rare instances, something will click, and all of a sudden you realize to your surprise and to their surprise that everybody in the room is like really digging what you're doing. They're in it. <laughs> those man, those instances are solid gold. Yeah. They're rare, <laughs> but they're, they're rare. solid gold. But... We're, we're going on tour in February. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing an East Coast tour in February in support of the new record coming out. Yeah, well, and are you hitting go Cleveland? Ahead. Are you hitting Cleveland? Man, I wish so bad you were coming to Cleveland. No, we're just going up the Eastern Seaboard okay. to. Uh, we're doing, I think, Boston, Portsmouth, uh, Portland. I think we're doing Philadelphia, and then we're going down to let's see, Washington. Chapel Hill, 
uh, I can't remember all of the dates. I would love to come play in Cleveland. Oh my God. That would be so much fun. Have that run lined up. That sounds amazing. That's like, it's a- well, the here's, but here's how we do it. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier about how, you know, at this stage in the game, how we're really in this for the enjoyment aspect, we book all of these dates and prior to hitting the road, we go and we do research for every place that we're playing. We find a restaurant we want to go to. (laughs) So we make it, we make it into a joyful food tour where we just happen to play that night. (laughs) so for instance you know if you're playing a show in washington dc you have to eat ethiopian food because that's like the ethiopian food capital of the country right okay and so if you know if you're gonna eat in portland maine you gotta find somewhere that's you know just a lobster fest (laughs) And then you just happen to be playing a show there that night. <laughs> I, I love it. Are you? Is it? Is it like a through week, or is it, are you doing the weekend dash? Because the weekend dash would make that real fun. We're doing weekend dashes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like extend extended weekend dashes. Nice. That way we can we can kind of uh, midweek we yeah. can we can come home and you know do laundry and. Sleep and make sure make sure our wives still like us and things like that, you know. Yeah, but that's such a, like <laughs> that's such a better way to do it, you know. The weekend dash it and like and like have like uh not only one thing to do is go there, wait to the gig, you know. Like that's so that makes it, everything about the whole experience so much better. And like I I don't think that that's impossible to do before. I think <laughs> financially maybe. <laughs> Any question? <laughs> if you could, uh, if you could be able to eat anywhere the next day after you drive there, but, like, <laughs> but uh, with with that little bit of backing, that makes the whole experience so much more, <laughs> so much more amazing. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah. I mean, what like what, you know, you're you're in your band and you have this, you have this thing t- booked. And when the primary thing on your mind is looking at the other guys and saying, oh, my God, I can't wait to eat at Queen of Sheba <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> With that being, the, it's so much fun. But we're excited. We're excited to get to play. And um, I, I really like uh, winter tours. Yeah. Because so often, well, yeah, I mean, so often people don't have a lot going on. That's true. You know, people are there. It's cold. They they they're a little stir crazy in their homes or whatever, and it's a good time to go out and hear some music, and also and have a good time. Right, and also it's like as far as booking wise, it's a little easier because most bands don't want to drive and fix a tire in the snow. God, yeah. Oh, but yeah. It is. From what I, from it what, is. But uh, are you know the the my my musical partner lyle heisen the drummer in the royal arctic institute he's the one who is 
responsible for booking all of these shows. He's done an amazing job. You know, he's he's really worked hard on setting these dates up. And uh, I mean, without him and being as hardworking and diligent as he is about it, none of this would happen. He's that, great at that kind of stuff. I need a Lyle in my life. Like that's, that's so <laughs> yeah. hard. Everybody do. needs a Lyle Heisen in their <laughs> lives. Lyle, everyone needs you. Everyone needs you. That's for sure. And he's a drummer. He's even more needed now. <laughs> <laughs> a really damn good drummer on top of well, that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's great. Oh man, but yeah, because that booking that booking aspect of everything is just another. It's another thing that makes that whole like screaming into the void even like <laughs> you know it's, it's just it's depleting the like to try to put something together and you try to do the months you know the three to six months out and like you just go back and forth into the ether with nothing like uh, yeah countless yeah uh, no calls countless no returns and like it's like how do you but you know once it's like once you start doing that and you meet people and they know you then it's a different experience you know as soon as you shake mm-hmm. your hand it seems it seems way more doable but until that it's like no, no responses um, yeah, we're we're lucky. We've we've got we've got some good friends in these places. Um, for a few weeks there, we were we were really kind of feeling bummed out because there was a Friday night that we just that we couldn't find anything for. And you know, the last thing you want is to have a Friday night off. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just last week. It finally came through. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we got a show that night in Kingston, New York, you know. Nice. Um, but it, you're right. A lot of it really depends on that network and the people that you know and that you can depend on. And we're really lucky. We've got some really wonderful friends in different places. Yeah. Well, and, and also the due diligence of. Uh, attuning those emails properly to the venue and the, the you know I mean there's a whole like mm-hmm. it's never just a plug and chug email it's always slight you gotta really like just uh, do the research to like hit what works with these this market and like who do we fit with and like what's the bill what are they looking for what's this venue typically uh, you know like there's so much that goes into that so like that's Bad. I'm it's like trying. It's like trying to find a job. Yeah, every night. <laughs> it's horrible. Uh, and like, and like, uh, like, not only like that, but like, it's there's it, with twenty with COVID and everything happened. Like, it made it so much more. Like, there's more of that hump because now there's that back catalog of everyone who's trying to get their dates back. And oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. Missed. And there's also yeah. like that kind of like, well, I don't know. Is it going to get canceled? Just say yes. It'll get canceled. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's all of that. Boy, COVID was – it changed everything, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> I saw this really – I saw this really sort of hilarious meme that said, anyone who ever said that one person can't change the world – has obviously never eaten an undercooked bat. (laughs) (laughs) I got a kick out of that one. 
Because it definitely did. Holy fuck. <laughs> so let's hope, let's, let's hope that there are no new variants brewing that uh, are going to change the world yet again. Yeah. God. I, I, what, what did you do? What did you do during COVID? For, during 20, let's just take 2020. What, how did you, how did you handle it? I, so I, I, I like buckled down. Like I took a, I took a week that first week. Cause it was weird. Mm-hmm. We played that week. Everything shut down. We, that Sunday night we played in New York and drove back. Like you ever play a uh, Arlene's grocery? Many uh, times. Yeah. 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 We played yeah. Arlene's and drove back. And then that night, like, I think it was that Thursday, they're like, hey, um, uh, don't do anything. <laughs> yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I kind of, like, I took, like, a week, but then, like, I scheduled, I, I just made a routine. Like, wake up, uh, work out, learn this, work on that, learn this, write for an hour, um, and then once it gets to be, like, 4 p.m., do whatever. Like, mm-hmm. so I, mm-hmm. I routined myself into, like, uh, a point where, like, when stuff went back to normal, I'm like, man, I'm wasting so much time. <laughs> like, but yeah, for, yeah. For me, uh, that that really that structure and that like kind of always hacking away at something, you know, just stuff I'm not good at, and like, uh, really kind of helped that time, um, pass in a way. Like, when the only thing left I wanted to do was go wait in the Starbucks line for like 30 minutes to get a cup of coffee <laughs> through a window with gloves. You know what I mean? Like, um, that was kind of like, that was it. Like, so for me, that really helped. And then, uh, we also got me and a buddy of mine who runs a studio, studio 44 out in, uh, Aler- uh Lorraine, um, Illyria, Cle- it's not far from Cleveland, but, um, we started streaming for the venues. So, learning how that worked. Oh, wow. And like wow. having that opportunity to kind of help really structured 2020 for me to be like this thing where I work all day on stuff I'm working on and we have these opportunities to help out. And we did a bunch of fundraisers for for stuff. <laughs> like we did a, a fundraiser, like a streamed fundraiser for this art gallery. I work at this art gallery um, called Negative Space. And like we host artists every month and we host a bands every month and like throughout the year um like throughout not just once but like it's got like a full functioning stage and like uh to keep that open and like um just to keep the the venues like have something in their pocket so it really became like a cool like self-work and also became like a really unique kind of way to engage with community more so maybe than without it so Mm. for me it was a very rose uh tinted structured uh, experience <laughs> like, okay it wasn't great, okay but I, I i found a way to make it work for me what did you do <laughs> like, oh man it's like it's um, it's so- oh well it was uh it was <clears throat> there were a lot of aspects of it for me that were uh horrifying because at the time i was working in a hospital and i was you know i was considered a quote unquote uh, essential employee um and in my line of work as you can imagine things became very very busy um it was it was really hard i was treating at the time i think i treated 
four, yeah, four critical care nurses from the COVID unit. Um, one of them had bagged 18 bodies in one day. And yeah, 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 yeah. They, I mean, they, they were falling apart. And uh, I was in the outpatient mental health section of the hospital. And so we went to, we went to virtual therapy for people. And I mean, within two weeks, we were on a, I think it was like a seven week wait for people to be able to see a therapist. There was just such a, a profound need. You know, people were falling apart, understandably. And so I went from working, you know, roughly 40 hours a week to about 55 or 60 because there was just such a, such a need. It was, it was there was a, there, and there was a, a point where the office where I was working, the out, the outpatient office, we were at 50% infection rate amongst the employees. Uh, I never... Yeah. I, I never got it, and which was, you know, I mean, I kept telling all of my friends and family, well, look, you know, it's just a matter of time. I'm going to get it. Right. I work in a hospital. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to get it. Don't worry about me. Uh, when I get it, I'll just walk down to the emergency room or what, you know, whatever. I didn't get it until last year when you and I when spoke we for talking. the first time. <laughs> yeah. So... I got really lucky, but so the band at that time, we, we took, I guess, about two months off and I guess around late May or early June that year, our rehearsal space is really big. We're very blessed. We have this really big sort of cavernous rehearsal yeah. space and so we decided to get together and just set up in opposite corners of this place and you know we all were masked and um it was such a relief for us just to get out of our element and get back to doing what we love and uh we wrote a record at that time and yeah. i think that september we went in and recorded a record um so we we were lucky in that we got to be really um uh really busy and right. we we had that to sort of kind of pull us out of the nightmare that was life at that time and like cuz i imagine like doing what you do and like being with so many people during that period right and like uh like that on your end had to be like just mentally emotionally taxing like because that's oh, man. like i can't <laughs> i can't imagine like on that end like because when people are going to you you like there's already there the, i'm trying to find the right word when you're in a care position when you care for others you n naturally <laughs> which is it speaks highly of anyone's character who does that that type of job you naturally give more I feel like then maybe you would for it, like in any of that situation because it's so rewarding and it, you can see it help somebody and like so there's already more than a hundred you're doing hundred and ten percent but wh at that point when it's that that overdriven and like th the 
there's always days where you're like, oh, I just need to talk to nobody and like drive home in silence. <laughs> like, but oh yeah, time, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, look, even even now, um, yeah. when things are sort of back to normal, yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, oftentimes I don't have a lot left. Um, but then back, my God, 2020, um, at the end of a workday, I would just come home and um, I think everyone at that time was <laughs> watching the Tiger King. That was the big <laughs> yeah. COVID oh, show. Yeah. So I would come home and I would sit in my chair and my cat would get up in my lap and we would watch Tiger King and I would just, you know, think about how the horror that I was watching on yeah. the screen really was just a representation of what was going on in the world. You know, you're watching, you're watching this train wreck yeah. in front of you on a Netflix screen of the, you know, this segment of the American population that I had no idea existed yeah. until then, <laughs> you know, and yeah. you're distracting yourself from something horrific by watching something horrific <laughs> on a smaller scale <laughs> while, while holding a, a, a version of that animal that can't murder you <laughs> like, right right but chooses to <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's kind of how i dealt with it you know and um the weekend would come around and i would always have you know, our Saturdays and Sundays at our rehearsal space to look forward to. So that helped me get through it a lot. Yeah. And, you know, here we are almost three years later. It seems like the world has, God, I, I don't know if I can even say this, but it seems like we've sort of hammered out a new version of normalcy, yeah. right? Yeah. Things have the COVID has in a lot of ways sort of become the new flu. Yeah. It's not going anywhere. It's always going to be with us. So, but I think people kind of like you said, there is now this scrambling to make up for lost time. A lot of, a lot of bands, a lot of artists are really, creating a heyday for themselves in this attempt to play catch up. Right. Oh, and just to be around that kind of like, this is it, it's over, you know, the two mm -hmm. kind of deal with mortality in a way <laughs> like that quickly to have like a, a second chance. You're like, okay, we're going full force. Everyone in the band, we're eating bread for the next two months. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, what I mean? yeah, like, yeah. There's this, this, I think a surge of it, but there's also that kind of like, on the venues end of stuff like yeah, everything's there's that kind of like whoa do we say you know there's like this second guessing and like but i think for the most part of it the the positively like it, it, like being on the end of the streaming thing like a lot of people got over that pretty quick no one's the i did one stream recently and that was for a guy who uh, a sound guy from the grog shop his name is john kaleman he got in an accident and like hit his head super hard and was hospital bound um so it was only it was basically only for him to see it you know because he oh, couldn't wow. be there he was in california and we we're in ohio but like other than that like i feel like 
not too many people are hankering for the streams. <laughs> you know, they want to be. I think it. people are. Yeah, people are it. hankering. People are hankering for some human connection. And, um, yeah, no, I hear you. You mentioned the grog shop. That place is still open. Yeah, have you played there? Years ago. It made it. It. Yeah. Made it. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, I re- I remember liking that place a lot. It was a long time ago. It's still there. It's kicking. Um, I forget. I think you guys you guys did Mike Watts' uh, um, uh, radio the show. Pedro show. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, We're uh, doing it again. Yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mike's the best. He's the best. He's such a sweetheart. <laughs> He's such a sweetheart. Did you uh, did you say the p word to him? Did I tell you about uh, this? No. Okay. <laughs> what on earth? It took me. It took <laughs> Do me, tell. It took me a long time to figure out, but like, because I did an interview with him, and I I follow I I, t- I try to follow up with everyone, the week of or as it comes out. Here's the podcast links and everything. Yeah, yeah, fly. right. And like he right. was, he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't use the p word, and like, but like, you know, like you, and I, like, I'm like what, what's the, what p word did I say? Did I say promotion? Was it? And I think it's podcast. I think he doesn't like podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the Watson Pedro show. Let me tell you, being on his show, yeah. um, I I didn't know what it was going to be like. Yeah. It was like being swept up in the middle of a tornado. <laughs> it was awesome. I, so I, you know, we didn't know what it was going to be like. And he was so high energy and so fun. But it was, I mean, it was just rapid fire questions. Yeah. And if you didn't, if you didn't answer immediately, <laughs> he, he was all over you. He really kept us on our toes. It was he's, fun. He's got that radio timing. You know what I mean? You only have like. He does. The, yeah. The, the 40 yeah. seconds and we're queuing up the next song. Because uh, <laughs> we, um, oh, yeah. we, we, we did that once uh, as well years ago. Well, we did with probably like twenty twenty one, um, but years and years ago, Watt came to the grog shop, and me and my bass player followed him around Ohio. We just went to every one of his gigs, and he's like, oh, we met him, you know, and like, oh, it's such an honor, which it was because he was a big dude for us, and we gave him our CD, and he's like, I'll play it on my radio show, and we we would tune in. And this is like in two thousand one, I think that, or yeah, it was like in two thousand or two thousand one, or three somewhere around that but either way it was like 10 years ago <laughs> and he never did and we were like so to be able to do it go on his radio show was like it was like a dream accomplished like <laughs> <laughs> did let me just as an aside did you ever get to see him play live yeah when it was oh. his trio with Nels klein um when Nels klein was his guitarist yeah no i don't think so i don't think we saw Nels klein um okay that was about 20 years ago or so. That was yeah, a little over think, 20 years ago. Which project that would be? Because, like, we just I think it was, it was this record that he made in the late 90s, this record about his father, I think. Oh, the first, that would be the first rock opera. Yeah, no, we missed that one. Didn't see okay. that one. We saw him on his third rock opera. That's one that we followed him around. <laughs> okay. Because the, the first time I saw him was with Nels Klein playing guitar. And... Man, that was, whew, right. good there's, lord. There's something to that, uh, <laughs> that jazzy punk, like, 
all I, I, you know like that Coltrane influenced uh like um I can't even think of a good word for craziness um that Watt like kind of has that's so like intriguing like there's you know what I mean like there's something that pulls the ear in and like I don't know if that's the if that's the same guys that are like I like I like Monk you know like or <laughs> like I don't know if it's just a musician <laughs> thing I guess is what I'm saying but there's something like that he that that tonality that Watt brings in his music or the people he br- col- uh, collaborates to bring that just draws the ear in. I think I think what you're trying to say is that we could label Mike Watt as a national treasure. Oh, 110%. That's for fucking <laughs> sure. Right? Oh man. That dude's so cool. Like there's uh, but <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing that guy can't do that. <laughs> Like, nothing think, he can't do and like and i think just like how you said to be able to bring because he does those radio shows he'll do like three of them a day i feel and like the to do it at that same watt level you know like and for as long as he's been doing it that's huge you know that's and the, the, the fact that he tours the like the same route and he would go like every year you know you could catch watt like at least once a year um until 2020 you know and if you look at his tour schedule, it's he doesn't, he doesn't have a day off. Yeah. There's not a day off in his schedule. It's incredible. And th- those, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he does that one. Those are the guys that, you know, when going. do you do laundry? When yeah. do you do laundry? If you don't have a day off on tour, <laughs> I don't know. I don't That's know how good. he does it. When, man. You, when you talk to him, <laughs> when you talk to him again, I'm going to tune into that and see if he says. I will. I'll ask him. I'll say, Mike, Mike, real, real quick, before we have that 40-second thing, how do you do laundry when you don't have a day off on tour? Laundry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That, that'll lead to the flannel story. He's like, that's why I wear oh. flannel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He's the best. He's so fucking awesome. <laughs> You know, we haven't. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself talking to you. We haven't talked about our I new know. record. I actually was about to ask you about it. because what's so cool about it is like it's the sequel to the first one, and like it is, yeah. So okay, so let's kind of go through the process of like this first one was recorded during 2020, right? So like the kind of uh, 2021, 2021. Okay. But written, yeah. was it written during those practices those Sunday, Saturday practices, or is that the first record? No, that was the first one. That was sodium light. Okay. And then the next one, uh, from catnap to coma came after that. And then this one is sort of the, sort of the continuation of from catnap to coma, but it's very different. Yeah. I think. I yeah. think it's a very different record. One thing that stuck out to me, and like I think it's a, it's like a, um, it's just like the level of your guys' musicianship is the amount of like, the, like not the amount, how well tuned and defined dynamics are throughout this record. Oh wow! Like, that thank like, you. That's like that's a huge element of music, and like the from track one and just listening through this like going through this uh the advance i got like multiple times the one thing that stuck out to me that was maybe just a little bit more highlighted in this record than the last was just your guys's as a group dynamic ability to like just like because like and all this was pretty much live recorded right 
Yeah. So yeah, like, there were a few. I went back in and did some pedal steel overdubs. Yeah. Um, but everything else was pretty much live. Yeah. Like, and that's such a mute, like expressively, that's such a huge skill. And like, I think that's like one of the more advanced things to develop and especially as a group. So to be able to pull that off where like it's, it's completely at a quiet level then completely built back up in like a way that's so like smooth is like is a testament to you guys' musicianship and I think really shines on this record. Wow. Thank you. That is really nice. I'm I'll I'll share with you that um this this record was it was hard. It was yeah. hard to make this record because we were racing against a clock. Um we had two two things were happening. One um we had to get it done before Yola Tango left to go on tour. Right, right. Because, you know, but then the other part is that we had to get it done because our other guitarist, Lynn Wright, was moving out of the country. Yeah. We finished, we finished tracking, and two days later, he moved to Germany. What? Yeah, what? so we were really racing <laughs> against a clock, you know. We <laughs> there was an aspect of that 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 was really stressful. Yeah, I mean it was worthy. We 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 enjoyed the process. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I'm not saying it was negative, but it it was very different than the record that came before it. The process, yeah. at least, but yeah. just because we we had this deadline we were working against. And I think it made us work a lot harder. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because, like, just uh, wrapping my mind around, like, deadlines themselves already stress out what you have to do when you're waiting on stuff or you're trying to, like, fine-tune a thing. But, like, like it's someone moving and, like, uh, and, like the producer aiming – because I know I saw they're, they're playing at the beach one. And, like, I looked at their tour dates where you go La Tango and holy shit – like they're mm -hmm. they're hustling like so on both those ends when like the guy who needs to hear everything and fine tune it and then the person playing it are now limited to, the, to me that blows my mind after listening to this record so much and hearing how like it's how fluent it is it's like breathing and like I don't hear that. Oh. I don't feel that stress. <laughs> that stress. <laughs> like, oh good. I can, I can imagine it. I can really imagine it now <laughs> that you tell me it. But like. I, I, it does not come off like that. So like, that's incredible. Oh, good. That's incredible knowing that little like inside baseball scoop. <laughs> oh, I'm well. I'm so glad to know that that that. Well, hang on. Let me back up. Even if you could tell, I'm I'm still really proud of it. You know, uh, it again. It was it, it was stressful, but. Ultimately, we all walked away from it feeling like we had done something really good. It was a, it was bittersweet. It was really bittersweet because Lynn Wright was leaving. Yeah. What? Why did he move to um, Germany? Uh, why didn't he move to Germany? Is <laughs> <laughs> the question. Uh, Lynn has a a very long-standing uh, collaborate collaboration with uh, a lot of people in Berlin. Mm. He's he's over the years, 
he has gone back and forth between New York and Berlin and an opportunity came up for him uh, to have this really beautiful apartment um, and he got put on retainer to work for the soundtrack to a TV show and you know, it just ended up it ended up all of these sort of forces came together making it such that he couldn't not go you know yeah yeah That's he's amazing. really happy he's he's doing really well over there it's really sad for me and yeah. for us because he if you listen to this record he is front and center on a lot of it you know his his musicality defines an awful lot of this record and so now we are sort of learning how to do all of this stuff as a four piece but even but more so on a personal level it's really hard because he's one of my very best friends just moved to germany yeah you know i don't get to hang out with him anymore lynn and i used to have just hour-long conversations about all aspects of life and he and i have known one another since 1993 yeah and so it's been a big personal loss for me i'm over the moon happy for lynn but i really miss him we really miss him it's not the same but he's coming back for this tour sick (laughs) in february yeah 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 i didn't mention that part he's coming back (laughs) that's cool but yeah we're all really looking forward to that that'll be great yeah you know it's it's cool like to have that reason to come back and like and to work on Mm -hmm. stuff and like to send you know to go out and play in germany like now you got a guy (laughs) yeah we do um (laughs) but i totally under like i have a friend who um they like uh have his uh, aspirations to move like occasionally they're like oh, i'm gonna move to spain i'm gonna move to spain i'm gonna work on this and do this and like i'm like yeah you know you're, you're hyped for them and you want them to do the best they they want to do and grow but then you're like who am i gonna hang out with and go on like hour-long walks and just like shoot the shit about you know <laughs> what we're trying to work on you know i mean like once you get a, a friend and a brother in arms and just a musician especially when you play together uh, 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 a bandmate you know that's such a like that's such a team effort and you're so in it together always. And like, Oh yeah. Just even to have that reflection, to bounce off and to celebrate the minor things, you know, no one, no one else gets how cool to go on a, the Pedro show is unless they're been in it with you, you know, like Mm -hmm. (laughs) you share that with a bunch of people like, who's this guy? Oh, Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool. Wait, the studios, he did stuff with that guy. Who are they again? (laughs) Oh, they're kind of like the Ramones. <laughs> I don't remember those guys either. But anyway, cool. Oh, it sounds yeah. like you enjoyed that. You know what I mean? That's like. No, I do. I do. It's it's really hard when you are when you're bonded with someone. Yeah. I think you know. It's like it's kind of like when you have bonded kittens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you if you go to adopt a kitten. Yeah. And it's bonded to a sibling. You don't separate them. No, unless you're <laughs> you just monster. don't. Or unless one of them has an opportunity to move to Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It you 
when, when you spend that much time creating with someone and when it feels as effortless as it does to have it, to have it taken away. And I don't want to sound cliche or anything, but it, it, a, a piece of you is gone. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, so like the, like there's so many times with uh, the friend I'm thinking of in particular, like they'll be like, Hey, do you remember, do you remember doing this and doing that? And like, remember that one show we played where you had to do this? I'm like, I don't remember that. But now I fucking do. Like, now I clearly do. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, part of that is, part of you is gone. When someone like, who's been through that, there's almost, there's only so much your brain withholds. And there's only so much that their brain withholds. So together, together you figure it out. But like, you know, it is gone when it's not there. Like, Mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 uh, fun and horrifying to have to learn how to play these tunes as a four piece. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. As a musician, any challenge is like cool. Let me figure that out. But like, <laughs> oh yeah. But but when it's like ah, oh, it's because, damn it, yeah. Like I, I I get it. That sucks. It's cool that he's coming back for the tour. Um, oh yeah, that's awesome. I, I like for the next record. Are you guys gonna send tracks? You think? Or are you going to, uh, or just play? See what you guys can come up with with uh, the spices that be. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, God, I have no idea what we're gonna do. I mean, we've already started uh, working on new material. Yes. Um, but. I have no idea. I, I, I do know we were talking very recently how I think we're probably going to wait for a while before we do another record. And this next, whatever we do next is probably going to be a, a much longer uh, full length. Probably. I don't know. I mean, I say that now, who knows, but you know, we're we're starting with new material. I think we'll like, see. It's kind of it's cool to like have like uh, this kind of A and B record you have now. I think like the two kind of like the, this kind of smaller like album to accompany that is kind of like the like the I don't know if it would be the, the it'd be the sequel um, or maybe the prologue in a way. I don't like, but like they kind of have that like tail end to it is a cool way to kind of go into something different. And like I think of that as like a writing aspect because like when you start writing for one project, there's a bunch of songs that don't kind of make the cut but are still yeah. sweet. And then there's some yeah, that yeah. should have. So to kind of be able to like funnel them into this like like sequel is a really cool approach and keeps those ideas and those like that music. I don't, I don't know if like – Kind of like if you like uh if your process is like writing a bit and like bringing it to the band or if it's like a group effort, but like either way if it's a group effort or like you just have it compiled, it's still cool and like so this is a really cool way to like kind of shed that mode and unveil the next. Hmm. No, I, I I see what you mean. Uh, we. Uh, what am I trying to say? Every everything on on both of those records, it's incredibly collaborative. Mm. Um, You know, like on this new record, two of the pieces are, are 
originally brought in by Lynn, you know, and, and we, we tore them apart and put them back together. And then there's another beautiful piece on there by bassist Dave Matamid did the same thing. And whoever brings in an idea, it always ends up sounding different than it did when they brought it in. Hmm. I think you and I talked about that last time, yeah. how much fun yeah. that is. You know, you write a piece of music or you write a theme, you write an idea and you bring it to the band and they completely deconstruct it. And by the time you have a finished product, it's oftentimes very different than what you brought in. And I, I love that. I love that whole process. That's well, because and then everyone's a, a spiritually, musically and creatively attached to it now. You know, what I mean, before it was just Dave's idea, right? It's just mm-hmm. a baseline. And, and side note, the bass lines on this record are fucking awesome. They're super catchy. Like I kept and sticking out. David Matamid. David Matamid is one of the very best bassists I have ever played with. That guy is a monster. Um and he he's he's such a sweet guy. He's so humble. And um but I remember like uh Mr. McNew, we were first talking about Dave and and he looked at me and said, Your your bassist has always been a monster. <laughs> and it's true. But but another thing about Dave is that he is just a master at arranging. Hmm. Yeah, so much of the material that, I mean, well, all of the material on those records, Dave's really the mastermind behind the arranging in that. Okay. That's, yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's a musical force to be reckoned with. And if you, if you meet him, if we ever come to uh if we ever come to Ohio to play when you meet him he is one of the sweetest most unassuming uh humble people you'd ever want to meet and then he picks up the bass and it's just like oh my god <laughs> wow that's where it is <laughs> well i hope i hope like vice versa either we come to you guys or we or or you guys come here but like yeah, I, just from our conversations, I can't imagine the crowd you hang with. It like wouldn't be up to par. <laughs> like, for, like it, it, our conversations are always so much fun, and like just your personality and like I I can't imagine like you'd be around a, a curmudgeon in any way. Um, but I well, can't. Yeah. I, <laughs> Bill Frizzell said it best. Uh, he said, "At this stage in my life." I have no business playing music with someone that I would not want to have dinner with. That's it. And that's why it's the dinner tour. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I know what you at, mean. I, at this stage in my life, I am not going to spend time with someone that I don't like right, or, right. Who, or who isn't a nice person. And like that also like to kind of build off just the fun of making the music and making the music you guys want to make. Like, I don't think you can do that. With someone who's like how you said you wouldn't go to dinner with, you know what I mean? Like to have that like drive and passion for, for the music that you guys make, and like to make it 
to make it authentic and not care that it doesn't matter to anyone except for us, that mentality mm-hmm. is like, like I feel like everyone starts with that, right? And then the whole money thing comes in, like we were saying before. But like to come back to it, you, you that has to be there. That that shared joy of of uh, of what the, the the nuggets that inspire the Floney's monk. I he's on my mind today. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? To move, to be able to move and fully commit to that and totally get that bit are the same guys you're going to hang out with and be like, have you heard this? No. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's so cool. I don't, have you ever, have you ever been, I'm sure you've been in situations where you get hired to be in somebody's band and, you know, one of the other people that is hired to be in that band is not nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what that's I mean? And, yeah. and, and you have like a record to make with this person or you have a string of shows that you have to play with this person. And when it's all over and the last show is done, you just walk away thinking, God, you're an asshole. I'd be so happy if I never saw you again. Right. (laughs) Right. I'm, I'm never participating in that again in my life. It's that's not, over you know it's not needed it's not needed <laughs> no it's not needed and like if it's like one of those things when you like look at am i getting musical skills out of this not as much am i getting money i guess so am i like meeting people to like kind of like build my own thing with no you know what i mean like it's got to check more than just like the money bit <laughs> like yeah there are those three elements right and you have to have two out of the three right right you right. have you know one you really love the music two you really love the people three it pays really well yes. if you have two of those then it's worth it that's funny me and my my drummer he out of no he he drops these like Awesome. Actually, I think it was Flonius Monk. No, it wasn't Monk. Um, yeah, it was Monk. Monk had like the ten, the list of a uh, ten things to do to have a great performance, and they're just kind of like philosophical, like uh, give it your all, don't do too much, support everyone else. Like as a drummer, like what are the ten things to make this performance the best? And he just told me he's like, yeah, I write this out every gig, and like I'm like I didn't know you did that. We played so many gigs together, and you you scribe this like this list of 10 things and like it was super inspiring but that conversation led to that two out of three or the three out of two or two out of three the circle check that you just said and like that just made me remember we just had that combo he's like it i'd like the music and i like the people sometimes it pays like i'm like cool yeah we're two points yeah that's that's the best for me you know i mean if somebody look if somebody wants to hand us a big wad of money uh, I'd be happy for us to take that and go make another record, but if not, that's okay too. Was it with it on, <laughs> on a on a to go back to the album as a question on this uh, conceptually? Do you guys have a concept of how like it is the sequel to the record, or is it just kind of a musical concept? Mm, it was a musical concept. It was also. Um, it was a sequel in the sense that it was recorded exactly the same way as the first one okay. um, with James McNew in that studio. Uh, I mean, we all sat in the same exact places that we sat for the first one. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, and, and a lot of that music, even though it's quite different, I think that there are some kind of common themes in there, I yeah. think. It just felt, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm butchering this, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that it just felt like a natural continuation from what we had been doing. And so that's kind of that's kind of how we came to that conclusion, I think. Okay. Cuz like like I don't know, does that make sense? No, that totally makes sense cuz like listen, when I was listening through, I went back to the first one a couple times. But like it's like that whole level of as a group, like just to be able to convey in this way like expect like I'm going the dynamics to me like blew my mind going through it every time. So like like it's definitely a continuation, but it's a tighter continuation. Because even before melodically mm. and how you guys phrase and play off each other and like travel to this like breathe and flow into this next movement, like everything is so like fluent and sounds everything sounds so uh, so like it sounds played with intent and played with emotion and like like on the first record and I think this is the next like evolution of that and like and it's not just maybe individual. Uh, parts that stick out to me as much uh but more of a unit which i think is like as a band that's what you're trying to go for you're trying to become a tighter knit uh like unit as a, a, a unit <laughs> like, i don't know a, a, a big conveyor of emotion as opposed to lines working together and i think this is definitely highlighting those skills and that time put into it Dave, I think I have a crush on you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, uh, thank you. That is so incredibly uh, wonderful to hear. I'm so glad that, that it comes out that way. I'm so glad that it conveys that. Wow. That's, that's really touching. Thank you. Thank you, I'm, <laughs> I'm really I'm really excited about this record. It, I know when you have you had the experience where when you make a record, there comes a point in the record making process where you typically, by the time I'm about halfway through mixing a record, I don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about? You know how you get into that mode, and like, by the time it's by the time it's mixed and mastered, you're done. You're right. Right? I don't ever want to listen to this damn thing again. I'm done. And then you come out of it. And I am just coming out of that. And I listened to it with fresh ears um, just the other day and thought, okay, wow, I'm very proud of this. That's awesome. That's – and, like, that's the, the – because you don't want to get to that spot and be like, I guess I could have turned up the bass. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you don't mm. want to get there. You don't want to get, but like when you get to that point where it's just like, I'm I'm happy with what we did and this is what we did and I wouldn't want it in any other way or I, I couldn't accept it any other way. I think that mm -hmm. that's success. When people are like, what are, what's success? I think that's success, especially when it comes to recording music is that self-like pride of not just of doing the absolute best for that situation and being like, I'm happy with it. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't yeah. matter if anyone else hears it, I can move on. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I'm, 
I'm really excited to put this record out and just to get out playing live again. Ah, man, playing live has always been my favorite. Yeah. I love playing shows. We don't have anything set up uh, right now until I think we have a show at the very beginning of February. Okay. So we've got some time off from playing live. I really miss it when we do. So I'm looking forward to February. I feel that. We're not we're not doing anything till March really. We're back in a band next week, but then we're we're not doing nothing in March. So it's like um you guys want to come to New York? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about March or April. When we're done with this, I yeah. would love for us to play together. Let's do it. That'd be awesome. Um, and then we'll, <laughs> we'll return the favor after March. We'll do because we're planning a, a a record release, you know. So we're not trying to do anything until then. Um, here, okay. Um, in, in Ohio, but like, Cody, my bass player, and I have been trying to like grind our skulls about getting out somewhere and. I just haven't it just like how we started this conversation. The nasal drip of just getting through the year has not let me go to the ether of sending emails to the, the abyss. <laughs> oh man, it's it's hard. It's like it's like I I've always been one of those types of people where I would rather be beaten with a stick than go to a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it feels and it, it's like booking shows. It feels like going to a job interview. Nobody calls yeah. you back. Yeah. You know, you it's oh it's hard. So, but like, God, what a worthy thing to do, right? Right, for sure. Well, man, I <laughs> I always look forward to talking with you, and like oh. I super appreciate the flexibility from last week to move into. Oh, today. no problem. So I'm I, so glad we got to do it. Yeah, yeah. I like, feel like I'm talking to an old friend. Likewise, likewise, and you know, um, I'll I'll wrap it here. Uh, <laughs>